Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Love with Megan podcast, talking all things holistic health and mind-body-soul expansion with me, your host, Megan Cooper. In this episode, I'm joined by one of my dearest friends, Betty Lewis-Griffiths. Betty, who is a breathwork facilitator and space holder for healing events such as beautiful women's circles here in Brighton, lost her mum suddenly last summer. It is divinely timed that we release this podcast today on the 31st of January, exactly six months after the death of her mother, Marietta. Betty has been on an immense journey these past six months, experiencing all the wild throes of grief. The initial shock, the pain, the loss, the despair, as well as a new healing relationship with gratitude, joy and magic in the mundane moments. As Betty has stepped into presence and acceptance for her life and situation, she has found new levels of expansion. This episode explores the expansion that is available to all of us when we choose to or have to let go of other things. The thing is, we are all going through cycles of death and rebirth all the time, whether it be a relationship, a job, even the passing of days or seasons. Yes, these things are not the same as losing someone we love, especially someone incredibly close to us, like a parent, where we have to learn an entire new way of being and showing up in the world. But what I mean here is that anyone listening, whether you have lost someone or not, can make applicable the wisdom here. For example, our ability to make that birth and death process sacred and graceful can bring us significant ease and peace when change and loss feels hard. Our ability to let go of things, of understanding that nothing that we have is permanent, of entering fully into the moment, all of these things fuel our lives and chapters for the better. Also, I wanted to deliver this episode because we don't talk about death enough in our society, and that's part of the reason why it feels so scary. I hope that this opens up some space around this subject for you in a gentle and loving and easeful way. I'll preface this episode too with a trigger warning. If you are going through grief, please know that nothing in this episode is meant to change or make wrong anything that you are specifically going through. If grief is presenting itself differently to how it did for Betty, that is okay and that is natural. We are not here to tell you how to be or what to do. We do also lean into some more spiritual perspectives about life and death. So if this doesn't resonate with you, again, take what you like and leave the rest. We are all on our own journey, trying to make sense of the world and grief is no different. Whatever you think or feel is valid and all of you is welcome in this space with us. If you're going through something really hard and don't feel like you can cope, please do know as well that it's okay to ask for help and know that there is so much support available to you in varying different ways. As a final note too, Betty and I recorded this drinking tea at my kitchen table. Therefore, the editing is far from perfect where I've had to eradicate out cars, emergency sirens and creaking and pushing back of our chairs. But the content is all there. And I hope that this allows you to feel like you are sat there with us, just enjoying a cup of tea with the two of us together. I hope this episode brings you closer to presence, gratitude, joy and magic and all of the expansion that is available to us always, even when things look at their bleakest and hardest. So welcoming Betty and thanking you for your time and your energy to share with us today. Hello, thank you for having me. (laughs) It's 
So obviously I've done a little bit of an intro. I know that coming up on the 31st of this month, it will be six months since your mum passed away. So maybe you could just give a little bit of context for those who are listening. Yeah, 2021 was an interesting year. I think it definitely kind of took a turn that I wasn't really planning for. Yeah, it was just a deep dive into some really interesting parts of myself. Um, So we had COVID together, lucky us. Um, Yeah, (laughs) back in the summer. And it was, um, you know, that was quite a, that was quite a deep spiritual awakening of sorts in in itself. Um, And it was actually after I came out of isolation, um, a couple of days later that I got a call from my dad to say that my mum had had a bleed on her brain and was um, being taken to hospital. Um, And I think that in itself is quite a like traumatic series of events, just kind of going about your day, went for a haircut. (laughs) um, And then like, as soon as I sort of saw my dad calling me, like I knew that something was wrong because he just wasn't the kind of guy to like, just always be calling me. So yeah, that was quite a, a strange day. I went and met my dad at the hospital and we were sort of told that, you know, there was nothing that could be done um, and she had like a matter of hours to live. So it kind of gone from her like getting up and having breakfast with my dad and having like a normal day um, to suddenly here we are and she's not, she's like on her way out basically. This is kind of it. Um, so yeah, it was a very very strange day and I just feel really grateful that um, I got to be there with her because that in itself was like just a, a real privilege a real privilege to you know be able to be there for someone who you love so much as they kind of leave this world my brother and my sister managed to make it as well and she hung on for all of us to be there so it was like a real um like quite a beautiful way for her to go um and she'd been living with breast cancer for about seven years so she'd been like in and out of hospital and she was an absolute pro at just like fighting fighting and fighting and fighting um but yeah I just feel like she chose to sort of go in that way she wanted it to be peaceful and quick um so I feel I feel grateful that she got what she wanted Hmm. something that I find amazing and I've heard this from various other people is that often when when people are passing over they somehow manage to hold on Mm. until their whole family is gathered it happened with an ex-boyfriend of mine we were actually on holiday together and we had to rush back and I think she died very soon after he arrived at the hospital and similarly with my mum with the passing of her mother my grandmother she recounts something similar she was on holiday and she calls it my mum my mum describes it as her mum waiting for all her chicks to be there type yeah. thing and it's incredible just I guess the even though I know your mum was unconscious it's like there's still a part of us that somehow knows maybe you sense the energy or yeah. something but I'm you know I, I think that that was such a a gift for you and for your family that you were all able to be there together and that your brother was able to come over from Amsterdam where he lives yeah. and it's like it gives me kind of tingles thinking about it really like the way that it the kind of synchronicities of it all like my brother was actually coming over from Amsterdam anyway that day and was due in in the evening and my sister managed to get there within a couple of hours and then I was sort of talking to my mum saying you know 
baby James is coming. <laughs> um, he's now 31. Um, and so like, but I, I knew that she knew what was going on and who was there. I just knew. Mm. And they say that like, your hearing is like the last thing to go. So like, you know, we were talking to her and sharing with her and it, it felt like, although she was unconscious, she was very much there as well. Um, and yeah, the fact that she literally waited and like my brother Jimmy got there at like, I think it was 11 and then she passed away just after midnight. So she waited for my dad to like eat a sandwich. <laughs> you know, it was like, there were lots of things that are just, just felt really right in mm. such a weird, horrendous situation. Mm. It was, it was quite comforting mm. Mm. in some ways. Yeah. And I suppose that nothing can prepare us for obviously the loss of a parent or the loss of those who are closest to you. Was it what you expected? in any way I mean I know that obviously the shock you had the shock factor involved yes your mum had been ill for a long time but she died in fact very suddenly of something else mm. was it what you expected absolutely not and like it's funny because you know if someone that you know is ill and they suddenly have this kind of like well the the mortality becomes a lot more apparent and you're like oh yeah I mean I knew that you know my parents would probably die before me anyway but you don't really think about it because they're your parents and they're always there and then even when um you know like she was diagnosed with breast cancer it was still like she's a fighter I, like you think about perhaps her not being there and what life might be like and it's it's almost like dramatized in your head because you're trying to imagine what it's going to be like and it's like you think oh you know I won't be able to go on I won't be able to live without them and it's it's interesting going through the actual process of grief because you realize that just in the same way that there's so much beauty in like birth and coming into this world there is often not in every circumstance but in with my mom there was a lot of like beauty in the way that she left us as well mm. the, the peacefulness of it all um, and I think the whole journey over this past six months and probably forever is just expansive mm. at the same time. It's like you go into these deep, dark depths of hell, but you also come out with a completely different perspective. Like I want to live more than I've ever wanted to live and have all of these experiences and create all of the things that I want to create and meet all the people and go to all the places and do all of those things that, well, we've all been putting off for two years because we've kind of had to, but it's like, it makes you want to feel life and grab it and just run with it even more. Hmm. What do you feel over the last six months and especially in the initial stages? What, what were the things that you, that I guess were most useful for you? I think for me, it was a real lesson in just slowing down and like sitting with the sadness mm. and not, um, you know, looking for things to distract myself. Like, um, you know, I don't drink anymore, but that would have been the first, that would have been the big thing that had got me back on the booze. And I didn't do that because there were too many reasons not to. And I actually wanted to be really present with everything that I was experiencing. Um, the main thing that has been a, a gift and a tool and like we all have access to is just spending time in nature. It sounds like such a simple thing, but by getting yourself out into nature and literally just looking around and looking at all of the different stages of nature, you can feel really connected to it. Like no matter where you are, like if you're feeling sad, 
if you're feeling like you're shedding, you know, if you're feeling really bright, like there'll be something around that you can really resonate with in that moment. Mm. I think constantly being in nature and constantly feeling connected to my mom in different ways has been such a gift to me, mm. for sure. Like, it's, it's really strange because although she only lived like 20 minutes up the road, I actually feel oddly like more connected to her now because she's everywhere at every moment. So it's like, I don't have to drive 20 minutes to go and see her. It's like, she's here with me. Mm. And like, when I go into nature and there's even, you know, it, it's kind of like HD sometimes. Like when I was on a road trip last year, I went to this waterfall and the light was, it was like at um, the end of the day and the sun was dropping and like the light was incredible. And I was just like, well, she's here. Like I could feel it. And everything around me was just so beautiful and so like, deep deep greens like like it was some sort of like Disney enhanced movie <laughs> and it's just like moments like that where you allow yourself to open up to that that's what's really helped me death for sure like 100% um and just allowing myself to be in it mm. be in that shit show be in the sadness and sit with it and um, I read a book actually where he described it as um, an apprenticeship with sorrow and mm. I absolutely love that because it's so true it's like you embark on this like training that you never signed up for yeah. and it's about what learning to work with it and some days are going to be really shit and that's just how it is and some days you're going to feel amazing and you're going to learn a new lesson and you're going to be like oh my god I'm so fucking strong like how how have I turned this into this um, but it's about allowing yourself to go to those depths and not having that distraction mm. and need to do something else to not feel that sadness. Yeah, because I think, you know, witnessing you and being your friend, being aware of some days you've been like full of the joys of spring, <laughs> high on life, feeling absolutely wonderful. And then the next day, just being in floods of tears mm. and not knowing what the fuck to do and which way the world's you know up or down type thing and I guess that that's a very common thing for anyone yeah, who's going life. through any sense well it's yeah, life. life I mean I think this is the reality it's like we are sort of sold this dream where oh we work out what makes us happy and then that's it happily ever after and it's just that's just not true it's like life is a constant up and down like you know women go through their monthly cycles and there's enough there's enough up and down in each month like it's 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 that every day and then when you're grieving it's just like I guess it's it's you have to let go of any expectation and you have to accept that you have no idea what is coming you have no idea what's in your future your life can change in an instant um and it's just about kind of being open to move with whatever comes up and mm. if you feel shit and you don't want to leave the house then that's fine like there's the thing with grief I think is to remember that there's literally no rules there's no like okay well on day one you're going to feel like this by day seven you probably feel like this it's like that's just not how it works it's like you'll be grieving whatever that loss is probably forever mm. and it won't it's not that you kind of get over it it's just you grow around it you learn how to um be everything that you want to be but still have that loss and still have that grief yeah yeah and I guess that's the same you know even with the loss of something um you know significantly less than you know losing another uh, losing a loved one but like a, a the loss of a job mm. or the loss of a your breakup or something totally. it's like just moving through at your own 
pace yeah. right and acknowledging that like it's not just going to be a sense of a week or a month mm-hmm. or something that's it's there's no limit really and everyone's journey is so individual it's like you know if you're talking about the loss of a of a of a human then it's like your relationship with that person is completely different you as an individual are completely different like I actually believe that all of the work that I've done on myself over the years self-development getting to know myself like stripping back all the crap and like remembering who I am that is what has got me in a position to be able to deal with this kind of grief like without that I don't really know where I would be Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was a question that I wanted to ask you that obviously both of us are, in inverted commas, deeply spiritual humans, <laughs> you know, we have spiritual beliefs and we, that's something that we really lean into in our day to day lives, let alone when we are going through something that's very challenging to process. Do you feel like the loss of your mum or this grief journey has deepened your sense of spirituality a hundred percent like well a million percent if that's even a thing like like I was saying before like when I just feel so connected to her it's like and to be able to find her in different things is what supports me on a day-to-day level like I'll get in the sea and on a day when I'm on my own I will just talk to the sea and and so I'm talking to my mum um, fully aware that people on the shore are probably like you okay on um but it feels great and and like if that feel if that feels right to me and that feels good to me and that's what's supporting me then it just yeah like I'm just going to keep doing that and it's I think I feel really grateful that I was in the place that I was in at the start of this journey you know having just had one spiritual awakening through COVID <laughs> it's like I actually think that that weird two-week time warp of covid and complete shedding to the point of not being able to eat not being able to move it was literally like i'm just here waiting for this to pass through my body yeah. um it was almost like i'd i'd lost everything everything had gone and i was starting from scratch and then to come out of isolation and boom okay here's another <laughs> up leveling opportunity it was like oh wow okay there's still more to shed you know it's like but i was actually at this point where it was like so many things have been taken away I could I had the ability to be really present in what was there and what was happening which was losing my mum and you know I decided to be in that and be there for my brother and my sister and my dad and you know it's been it's actually been an amazing kind of bonding journey with the rest of my family as well yeah yeah and I guess for anyone listening who's not in inverted common spiritual although probably if you follow me and listen to my podcast you've probably got a spiritual <laughs> bone in your body um but you know we are all of course spiritual beings having a human experience however if you don't subscribe to the idea of spirituality then you can really lean into things like community mm. and nature and connection because being spiritual inverted commas is seeing yourself in everyone and everything yeah. And what you said already about nature and about community is again, it, you not just being like a soul lone mm. human in a vast universe. Yeah, totally. And I think you have, the thing is you have to open yourself up to that. It's like you can, you can have a very solo grief experience and feel like that's what you need. But, and, and maybe that is what you need, but it's about kind of identifying that there is so much more and there are so many things that can support you and so many people. And it's, for me, it's been about um, like following the joy as well. It's like, 
what I was saying before about, yes, you feel that depth of pain and sadness, but by getting to those lowest dirty depths, you also open up the opposite end of the scale where life, there's just so much more joy. Like some days I literally just watch the sunrise and I'm like, guys, is anyone else seeing this? Like you need to, you need to look at this. And it's like, I sometimes laugh at myself because I'm like, babe, it's just a sunrise, like go for it. But like it, it, I feel like I've expanded my whole, just the way that I see things, yeah. like in such a beautiful way. It means that I get to experience everything on such a deeper level. Mm. Yeah, because I guess, you know, what you've touched in the last six months is the impermanence of things. And mm. because we lead now quite long lives, you know, into our 70s, 80s, etc. I mean, even being on the planet for 32 years is a really long time when you wake up same day like oh morning again type thing we get very numbed out to how fucking amazing everything actually is and I often think to myself like if there was an asteroid heading towards the earth and we all have five minutes to live you would literally look up look up at the sky or like the trees and yeah. be like fuck like yeah. there is so much magnificence and beauty available to us just like the smell of coffee or like totally. the sea or like whatever it is just you would be so wowed by mm. just being alive, just by breathing, just by connecting to your breath and just by being here. And I guess that that's what you're saying, like just being so wowed and mesmerized by just like the sunrise yeah. and stuff. Well, it's that finding magic in the mundane. Yeah. It's like, okay, you walk to work with your eyes shut most of the time, you don't notice things, but it's like, how can you walk a different way and really look at everything? And like, yeah. Go, go to a different part of the woods that you always walk in and get really close up to nature and be like wow like I went to um Wonderment last September and did this amazing um just like nature viewing workshop and it was like go over there and lie down and just look and look at the state of everything and it was like I got so emotional because I was like oh my god like it's autumn I feel like I'm going through some sort of autumn shedding and I was like so is all of this nature and it kind of was a reminder that oh look there's like a dead log but it's got some like mushrooms growing out of it like yeah okay you might feel like you're dead but there's still opportunity mm -hmm. to grow and bloom out of that as well so mm. it really is just an opportunity to notice our connection to nature and use that as a bit of a mirror mm. as well yeah I suppose a, a lead on there is like how, in what ways in the last six months do you feel like you have bloomed because you obviously had the first couple of months which was very much just like dealing with the shock mm -hmm. and the fallout and all the admin that you yeah. had to do I was fucking amazed how much admin there was like just yes. just just involved when someone when someone passes but then in the last few months or literally like the last couple of months especially you found so many new like interests and things mm. to really lean into and expand and I guess a tag along question with that is like what have you given yourself permission mm. for in the last six months because I know that you know you've taken a bit of time off work and really just allowed yourself to open yourself up to all these different things so yeah what have you given yourself permission for and in what way has that allowed you to expand I guess is my question <laughs> <laughs> I think I I've just given myself permission just to be and that is enough mm. I had this energy healing where I had this epiphany moment where I was like if my life is this for the rest of my life then that's pretty fucking great and then I was like wow I'm not even really doing anything right now I was like but it's that realization that all the things that are over there and over there and over there that you think that you want and you think that you need it's that 
reminder that actually you probably don't need or want any of that stuff that there's so much more that's like already available and it's really simple things and it's about how you can kind of like embrace that every single day Mm. yeah absolutely I mean it's it's a reminder of what's important Mm. as well because you know I had a a similar um wake-up call I guess you know when I was living in Bali and my dad had a very severe stroke and I had to get on emergency flight to come back to the UK we're very lucky that he was still here with us but literally overnight all of my plans were kind of completely you know I I'd sat down pretty much the week before right I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that blah 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 and then something like that happens and you're like wow so much of this stuff it just doesn't yeah it doesn't matter like friends family community etc those are the things that matter definitely right? and I think especially with the fact that we've been been through as a collective what we've been through we've all been cut off in some way from our community and from our friends and our family and it's like I don't know about you but I definitely got to the point where I was almost used to not really seeing that many people and mm. doing that much stuff and you kind of now that we're you know things are opening up a bit more and we're doing more stuff it's like you kind of forget that you have access to all of that and so like these last few months I have just been jumping in to all of my amazing community here in Brighton there's just so much to do I've been um like joined a choir that I would never have done before I've been doing so much kirtan literally <laughs> like I just sing mantras all day long I did an amazing mantra course um in November that have really kind of grounded me in like a new daily practice I've had this opportunity to kind of look around me and just try out all of these new things and connect with new people and remember that it's not all about zoom there is actually real life out there and we're allowed to reconnect with it now so it's about like really embracing that yeah mate you've done so much singing (laughs) so much singing (laughs) over the last couple of months and fortunately I've been there for some of it too which I love um something that I love I I was told this a while ago about singing that when we're singing we can't be in a state of fear Mm. I don't know if that's a scientific thing if it somehow shuts off something in the brain but that's why people sing before battle Mm. or have war cries or something because you can't actually be in a state of like fear or sorrow it somehow ignites joy within your body even if you are going through a severe amount of pain it somehow just brings your system back into some Mm. form of alignment is that something you found it's it's the vibration yeah it's like a healing you're healing yourself with your own voice in September when I was at Wonderman I signed up for all of these voice activating workshops and I was like oh this is weird because I've never like wanted to sing before and then I was just like sitting in circles chanting and singing like staring into the eyes of strangers and just having like the most uplifting amazing experience where I was like oh if my mom could see me now she'd be like all right love um so it's it yeah like and when I go to choir I sing and I literally am just like laughing and smiling and dancing because I'm just like this feels amazing and the same with like Kirtan like it just it just fills my body with joy yeah and that's something I think that we all really lost touch with over lockdown where are we now like January 2022 it's nearly two years Mm. since all of this shit kicked off (laughs) and we have been doing a lot less group dancing I mean Mm. I fucking love like raving I haven't been raving at all but just we haven't been doing that sense of like collective celebration and dancing and singing and stuff but those things are so simple like and just dancing and something about joy is that it can coexist alongside 
any other emotion. You've said to me a number of times that when you've gone back to your family home and obviously your mum's not there and there's this huge hole, but then your sister's there with your nephew. Mm. And just by him being a child and just being silly and playful and joyful, it just manages to erupt the atmosphere with moments, little pockets of joy, even though you're obviously going through a huge wave of loss Mm. so that joy can can coexist alongside everything else that you're going through. And it should. It's like, that's life. Like there's light and there's dark and yeah. that, that's how we live. If you don't have those darker patches then you don't actually fully embrace the light and you don't, you, you don't gre- feel grateful for it. It's mm. just there and that's your, that's your normal existence. I feel like it's really important to have those more grounding experiences so that you learn how to appreciate all elements of life. You, you're not going to live a life that's joy 100% of the time, no matter how much self-development or care time you do. <laughs> It's like there's always going to be some shit stuff because we all have shadowy parts of ourselves that we have to deal with when they come up and different triggers. And we don't know what triggers us until we get really fucking triggered. Yeah, we just have to open ourselves up to that kind of darkness, really. And by doing so, you do open yourself up to so much more light as well. Yeah, absolutely. And our capacity for joy equals our capacity for pain, right? You don't get the highs without the lows or the lows without the highs. Totally. I sort of see grief as it as like unexpressed love. It's like it's you the love that you have for that person or that thing doesn't have anywhere to go now because yeah. that thing or person isn't there. So it's almost like it kind of gets stuck with you and it builds up. The grief that you feel is a sign of the love that you had. That is kind of something to hold on to when you're really struggling. Um mm. and you probably need a full body shakeout <laughs> of some kind. Um But yeah, I do feel really grateful for the place that I was at when my mum died, because I believe that that has kind of guided me through the experience in a very different way to what I would have experienced it if it had been like even three years ago. Yeah. And the place that you're at, I mean, giving some kind of tangible examples that I guess that like what you mean by the place that you're at is in touch with your emotions, Mm. able to hold space for yourself, really looking at where you are trying to numb out or distract yourself and having that level of heightened self-awareness and also not repressing your emotions Mm, I guess definitely knowing that it's okay to not be okay essentially yeah I mean it's a roller coaster it really is like you'll have some days where you're so full of joy and I'm just like oh my god life is amazing I'm grateful for everything I'm grateful for everyone I feel brilliant and then something will trigger you there'll be something that I want to share with my mum and then I realize that I can't and then I'm like oh my god I'm never going to get to share that with her and then you sort of spiral I think one thing that I've really learned is that I'm never going to know how I'm going to feel today, tomorrow, like you just kind of have to go with it and that's been a real key learning of like letting go of anything of everything really in fact and just embracing the moment for what it is and trying not to judge myself when I'm having a fucking great day or when I'm having an awful day because it's that thing of like I don't want to be crying anymore and it's like but you obviously need to cry so that's fine and it's that thing of sometimes you might hold your tears back or repress your emotion because it's difficult for the people that are around you but I've really learned to kind of get past that. If someone asks how I am, I'm just like, if I'm feeling, if I'm having a bad day, then I tell them like I went for a sea swim and there was a guy um, 
in the sea on his paddleboard and he was like all right Betty and I was like not really and he was like oh are you just still getting over COVID and I was like no my mum died and he was like oh and so we were just like in the water having this surreal exchange but it was like neither of us could escape and neither neither of us wanted to he was there to kind of receive whatever I had to give and I was like do you know what I'm not going to sugarcoat it he's asked how I am I'm just going to tell him and we had this like really beautiful moment where he was like really supportive and shared some of his experiences and then he kind of just paddled off and I just swam back to the shore and it was kind of like a reminder that you you can just be how you are in that moment and not everyone's going to be able to hold it and that's fine some friends will ask you how you are not really wanting to know the deep and and dirty shit that you might be going through and that's fine um but you find the friends that can hold you in it and that's like you (laughs) but it it kind of puts things into perspective and you're just like I think with grief especially losing someone you know like a parent or any anyone that's close to you people do not know how to deal with it they don't know what to say so they say nothing um even me before I'd been through this I had no idea how to support anyone that had lost anyone because I hadn't experienced it myself people are just scared they're like scared of saying the wrong thing the day that my mom died and the next day after that and today I'm I'm exactly the same person I'm still me I still want my mates to whatsapp me or ring me or whatever people just don't know how Mm. to be and they don't want to say the wrong thing um so they end up saying nothing yeah and sometimes that can be quite hard as well like you suddenly find that a lot of your friends sort of slip away yeah yeah I think that that's a really valid point to raise actually because Brene Brown talks about it in her Netflix documentary Call to Courage talks about that as a kind of secondary loss Mm. the people who've gone through a major loss or bereavement or divorce or something it's like they have a secondary loss of their fr- of a round of friends who just don't know what the fuck to say. So they just, oh, leave it till tomorrow and then leave mm, it to tomorrow. Mm. And then they just never call mm. them again type thing. And I know that I've actually done that before, you know, a long time ago when one of my friend's parents died. I did, I kind of went a bit MIA because mm. I didn't know what the fuck mm. to say. But the reality is you don't know what the fuck to say. And like in the early days, I would kind of message you just being like, hi load of heart emojis or you know just thinking of you and sending love Mm. no need to reply Mm. just something so that you're just you because you are thinking about Mm. that person it's not that that love or friendship goes away it's just that you don't know what to say but just showing up and being there and showing up and being like I'm here for you I don't know what the fuck to do or say but I'm here yeah that's all that's all you need and like a lot of the time it's like a really great supportive thing to do is just to kind of be like I'm here to listen because it might not even be that that you need anything physically or emotionally it might just be that you actually need to just say some shit to someone because you've been with your family for like two weeks dealing with loads of stuff and it's just like kind of getting stuff off your chest but I think we we still as a society unfortunately have this really weird idea of death and grief and we just don't fucking talk about it. We don't talk about it. So then no one knows how to deal with it when it happens. Mm. And then it's kind of like, oh, I'll just give them another couple of months and then they'll be over it. And then I could text them again. And it's like, well, they're gonna, they're gonna have been through a lot of stuff at that point. And yes, I'm the same person that I was six months ago, but I'm also very different. I've grown in a different t- direction to what I thought I would, but there's just things that don't matter so much anymore. And then there's that new things that matter more than anything that I've had before yeah I guess that that is a takeaway from this as well is just being able to hold 
each other mm. through a grief process and not knowing what the fuck to say and knowing that that's okay. And I think you're right, exactly as you said there, we don't talk about death. Mm. Yes, it's great to have our focus on preserving life, and but that really has to coincide with an acceptance of mortality mm, definitely. and an acceptance of, you know, of, of being able to be okay and talk about death. Definitely. It's, oh, I had so many um, like beautiful conversations with my mum before she died. When someone's kind of living with cancer, they obviously have an element of fear because they have no idea how long they've got. Um, but I feel like my mum having that seven years of her illness, like every single time we got together as a family, we knew how lucky we were. We were literally like, it was it was all we wanted to do, spend time as a family and be really in the moment. And I think that was not, not like a gift, but you know, it's, it's pretty shit that it takes someone having like a life-threatening disease mm. to make you take stock of what you've got and actually fully embrace it and mm. fully appreciate it. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And one of my friends is training to be a death doula mm. at the moment. And when I was, I was like, what, is, what the fuck does that mean? What does that do? And she's like, well, it's kind of part of it. And there's oh, it's a completely multifaceted role, but part of it is really getting, you know, down with, how do you want to die? Mm. Like, how do you want to go? What needs to happen? What What does that need to look like and feel yeah. like to you? Which is such a, I mean, the word that comes to mind is progressive. I mean, it's hardly mm. like, it's it's strange that, that it's progressive, that talking about death is progressive, but it is like really just being able to step fully into that and finding the grace in that experience yeah. as well. It's accepting that we all die. Like, that's just science that's what happens it's a fact yet we're so scared of it and it's like imagine if we could be in a place where okay we get diagnosed with something or our life comes to an end when we're not expecting it's like where we could just kind of surrender and accept that that's kind of what's happening Mm. Um, and like you were saying before about the whole like life preservation thing it's like must live forever it's like what can we do to make ourselves live forever and it's like no we're not meant to live forever and it's just about really kind of accepting that death like birth can actually be quite a beautiful process and even more so if we actually consider it before we die and get to choose yeah. and get to have it how we want yeah because I think that was one thing like when my mom died I was like to my dad how do you, do you even know what she wants and he was like well no I know she wants to be cremated but that's it um, and I'd actually had a conversation with my mom the month before she died the last time I saw her um and I'd said to her oh like what do you want to be buried or cremated and she was like oh cremated and I was like and what do you want at a funeral and she was like oh oh well I don't want to think about that and and so I was just kind of like all right but you know I was having that conversation not thinking oh I'm actually having to be like planning your funeral in a month but it's interesting because like she didn't really want to kind of give that time because it perhaps made her feel like it was more of a reality yeah you know god whenever robbie williams angels comes on my mum always <laughs> always shouts in the kitchen always shouts this is to be played at my funeral I'm like for fuck's sake i can't Amazing. think of that song without even thinking about my mum my mom dying she's not even fucking dead yet um, 
but that's amazing she should be like she should be shouting to you what she wants like we all should yeah you know? and it was something that I spoke to my brother and sister about I was like I definitely want this I definitely don't want that like when we were looking at all the, the like coffins and caskets and stuff I was like absolutely not <laughs> because you're like well when else are we gonna have this conversation we're sat in a funeral director's like you know we should probably just talk about it now probably not gonna be here again for a little while hopefully yeah hopefully not um okay so just another question that I wanted to ask you as well um which was have there been any really unexpected or weird moments or things that have really surprised you in the grief process like there's this really beautiful scene in Sex and the City and if you haven't watched seasons (laughs) one to six a thousand times like I have and I think like you have you probably won't know what we're talking about but when Miranda's mum dies I think it's in season five or six and she goes bra shopping or Mm. like dress shopping Mm. for something to wear at the funeral and she just she's in the changing room with someone with someone fitting her bra and she's being a bitch basically because she's in a state of grief and she ends up crying in the changing room with the woman that bra that's doing her bra fitting it's so touching because it's such a beautiful moment of humanity and connection have there been any moments like that (laughs) where it's just been a really bizarre weird experience in the grief journey there's been so many and I think that's the, the beautiful thing about going through this experience is you just tell everyone because it's what's going on in your world and like we were saying before, you know, not everyone can hold it. Not everyone knows what to say when you say, oh, this actually happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had an amazing conversation with um, a, a Uber driver. She was, um, I got in the taxi and I was just like, not in the mood to, to talk at all. So I was probably being quite rude. I was just like, no. Um, and then she was just like asking about what I was doing for Christmas. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to my dad's and like, it's the first Christmas without my mum. And then she opened up that she'd lost her mum. And she was talking about, you know, afterlife and mediums and we just had this beautiful conversation of like rawness and actually there was another taxi that I was in where the guy was like asking me how I was and it wasn't that long after my mum had died and um I said oh yeah my mum died so I'm just having a weird time and he was like oh my mum died earlier this year my dad died last year and we had this amazing interaction going through grief and being honest about it allows you to meet others on such a deep level because all of the daily bullshit is just not there. Yeah. It's like, I'm here, I'm going through this, and you're here going through this. And that's all there is. There's no other, like, it's not dressed up, it's just, like, raw. And there's something so beautiful. And, like, you get into a taxi, you can get out of a taxi and feel like you've just had, like, this amazing connection yeah. with someone that you'll probably never see again. But it's, like, the beauty of of just going there yeah and I think that that's you know that was something that was really shown to us in the first lockdown with Covid the whole world pretty much was inside their homes and it was the first time that everyone was on the same level playing field Mm. regardless of who you were everyone was going through this collective experience and everyone felt unified but yet that's something that we can still access it's just you know we go about our daily Mm. lives but remembering that even though people are different to you in a multitude of ways we are all the same in so many so many ways you so know ways. so all of the emotions that we experience the sense of loneliness or joy the you know the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis those are things that unify us I've had some incredible moments with strangers mm. when I've really needed it you know, like I had one experience when I'd just gone through a breakup in my mid-20s in London and I'd held held all of my shit together at work all day literally got onto the train 
sat down and fucking started like ugly, ugly crying <laughs> in, the, in the tube. Best in the, kind. In the tube. And um, the girl next to me just very calmly just um, just said, you know, are you all right? I was like, no, my, my, my boyfriend's broken up. And um, she just sat there really quietly and she just held my hand. Mm. She held my hand and then she just said, men are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was all you needed. And that was all I needed. All yeah. I needed. And then I had another one years later when I lost my job and I went to I went to yoga class and again crying on my mat mm. and the girl next to me just we were in downward dog mm. and she just put her hand on my hand yeah but just all of these things that really do touch us yeah. just like these small like you said it earlier like the magic in the mundane mm. all of these little moments that just make us feel connected to other humans yeah and I think a lot of the time people are scared to do anything you know you see someone crying and you sort of turn away because you're like oh god they're obviously going through, through something awful but that's the thing it's like if we were all just a little bit more open to sharing our vulnerability, we would all be stronger together. And, yeah. um, you know, that's why it's so beautiful when we, we come together and we do women's circles. If no one knows each other when they walk in, by the time we've left, everyone has connected on some level because they've just shared something that they've experienced the week before or whatever. And those spaces are so important, but we need to kind of bring that out of out of the circle and into our everyday life yeah it's like we connect most most in our authentic mess mm, right love that yeah just like allowing allowing ourselves to be seen and yeah. be vulnerable and yeah. allowing people then to meet that mm. something that popped into my head earlier when we were talking about um these conversations around death and certainly for me over the last six months we've had so many swims or beach chats where we have sat and talked about death. Mm. And I have found it so expansive for me, just, I mean, I think about death quite a lot. <laughs> which I, said, I said to my mum on the phone, like a few months ago, I think about death a lot. She's like, are you okay? Like, do I need to call someone? But like, I think about death, you know, in the context that we're describing it, mm. that it, it makes you more grateful for mm. the here and now and makes you live your life fully as yeah. opposed to oh I'll put that off yes. I'll do that oh I can't do that type thing allowing you to really step into the person that you are and all the things that you want because yeah. we're not here forever and that's um that's something that I've found really really expansive and using this life as well to allow ourselves to end to exit gracefully one of the buddhist teachings about karma is that we carry over the energy with which we leave this mm. this life so if you were dying in a state of really like fear-based clinging on to life, that energy carries on with you. But actually, you know, hearing you talk about the way that your mum died and that being a very like almost kind of beautiful, graceful process. And one of my meditation teachers wrote a book, um, you know, about his, his life story. And when he talks about the death of his father, and I found it so touching, um, his father discovered meditation and spirituality quite late on in life. And as he was dying, he just said the words, I love, I love, I love. Mm. I just thought that that was so beautiful that if yeah. we can all arrive at that state of absolute wow factor, mm. the life that we've had mm. and gratitude and love at the end of our lifetime, like how yeah. phenomenal would that be? Amazing. It's so, it's such a simple concept, but we spend so much time sort of fighting ourselves and wanting more and needing more, thinking that we need more. Like when I talked to my dad, who's going to be 88 in March, 
he's literally like, oh, you know, well, if I go tomorrow, I've had an amazing life. And he has. And I just like, I get really inspired by that. Cause I'm like, wow, anything else is a bonus now. He's like mm. fully satisfied with everything that he's done. And so he should be. And it's like, what an amazing place to be where he's just like, now I'm just going to kind of enjoy the rest of it. However long that may be. Yeah. But so many of us feel like we constantly need to strive for more and more and more that we kind of miss the beauty and everything that we've got going on. Like, that whole thing of, um, you know, okay, me thinking this week, like, what, what do I want my future to look like? What do I want? Or what do I see in my future? And then, you know, you have these concepts and ideas that you want to create, or you want to do or be or where you want to go. And then it's kind of like, well, why am I not doing that now? And then you have that realization where you're like, well, there's absolutely no reason other than me having to actually do something <laughs> to get there. And it's that reality of like, well, let's just crack on. What are, we, what are we waiting for you know yeah and also for those of us that are fortunate enough to be in a place of stability mm. and security having enough food on the table yeah. having a roof over yeah. our heads which is the, our basic human needs are, are fulfilled mm. and the vast majority of the planet don't have that fulfilled but realizing actually how fortunate we are yeah. and that exactly as you said everything else is just a bonus mm. on top mm. of that and then entering into things that we really want to bring into our lives, whether that's career, family or whatever, but coming from a place of what I have is already enough yes. yeah. and coming from a place of accepting where we are at right now and knowing that anything else is mm. just like more of this. Yeah. And actually, when you strip it back, you can find acceptance in like very minimal, you know, when you just sit there in your state of joy from a sea swim or watching the sunrise, the sunset, whatever it might be. When you have those moments and you actually allow yourself to be in them rather than like, oh, I don't have time to go and watch the sunset. I've got to do blah, blah, blah. Mm. They're there when you have the magic. They really are. And it's moments like that. You know, like the other morning when we went for a swim, we were just like, this, like, it's beautiful. Why are more people not here? Like, <laughs> what, where is everyone? What are they doing? I think it's such a amazing well it's a privilege and a gift to be able to appreciate all of those like otherwise thought of like mundane moments yeah yeah absolutely what's been your biggest takeaways would you say from all of this everything you've experienced I think for me it's the realization that there are actually so many hidden gifts in grief yes it is dark and sad and painful but there's also so much beauty in it if you allow yourself to, to be open to it. And I think if you are, then you can kind of dance with it a bit more. It's not such a kind of black cloud. It's like black cloud with sunshine and a rainbow as well. And it's like just accepting that it's not black and white and it's not all dark. Like there is a lot of light to be found too. It's just opening yourself up to that. Yeah when we first think about impermanence, the fact that we are going to lose everyone that we love, you know, everything, whether that, whether they go first or we go first, that's just the fact, that's just a the harsh reality of, of life. And yes, that is really, really sad. But on the other side of that, it's so liberating and freeing and expansive because when you really accept that you don't get to keep any of this, mm. then you can truly learn to love and let go. That's and it. yeah the letting go yeah it's so important and it's that thing of like as humans we're so attached to the physical being the the material stuff the person being there 
Um, and actually, you know, when someone passes away, they, they're fine. <laughs> they're still there, you know. It's us that's left like bereft because we're so attached to this physical being. But if you are open to sort of spirituality and, and connecting with nature and connecting with that person in a different way, then it can be quite beautiful too. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, my love. I enjoyed that so much. It's been such a journey for you these past six months and I'm so proud of you and the way that you have gone through it. It's been beautiful and graceful and inspiring to watch and to witness and be with be here with you. So thank you for recording this with me and also just for being an epic human and a wonderful friend. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And thank you for being a wonderful friend. <laughs> So I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I hope that you took away from it maybe some fresh questions, some fresh perspectives, or even just that you created some time with yourself to reflect on how you feel about these things. The reality is, this stuff is scary. When we think about ourselves not being here or think about losing the people that we love, it's scary, scary shit, and it's part of our human experience. And how powerful is it when we can just talk about these things, just create that space, just to lean into that fear so that maybe it doesn't feel quite so scary, just internalized. I know how powerful it has been for me, just witnessing Betty in this journey over this past six months, a journey that is far from over. You know, don't get me wrong, we haven't just done a podcast six months later and she's all healed up, skipping off into the world. Navigating our lives without somebody that we love is an ongoing thing. You know, it's a relationship with life that we might be re-navigating for the rest of our lives. But it's been so healing for me and so expansive for me, inspiring for me to watch the ease and the grace and the acceptance and the patience and the presence with which Betty has started to re-navigate that relationship with life. And the joy and the magic and the gratitude and the expansion that she has found the other side of immense loss. We have had countless conversations over the past six months, all around these subjects. And I just wanted to be able to invite you into that space with us. I hope that it has been expansive or nourishing or grounding or inspiring or rebalancing or peaceful or whatever it needed to be for you. And if you're going through some big shit, do know that you're not alone. It can feel really alone when we're having our own unique experience with something that happened in our lives. But do know that we are all in this collective human experience together. This episode is released exactly six months to the day after Betty lost her mum, Marietta. So this podcast is in complete honour and dedication to Marietta, who I never had the pleasure of meeting personally but whose daughter I am so, so delighted and honoured and privileged to have in my life. So thank you, Betty, for all of your goodness and in loving memory of your mum, Marietta. Big love and see you guys next week.